1: Live from Estopan, All-In, it's the Vamos Morados podcast, powered by the state of Louisville. Welcome to the Vamos Morados podcast. Uh, You got me here, Benson Newman. You can find me on Twitter at um, PurpleSDF. And I am Zach. You can find me on Twitter at Zach W. Allen. This Louisville City uh, FC and Racing Louisville FC podcast is brought to you by the stateoflouisville.com, who provides you news and insight on all things here, sports and the 502. Make sure you check them out, as well as my own site, lamasmirages.com, focused on Louisville City, where I try to write all sorts of great content about the great things that they are doing. Zach, how are you doing today? Ah, I'm doing Okay. Kind of wish these games had happened in reverse order this week before we recorded. Yeah, it's it's almost like Louisville City hogged all the goals that Louisville Soccer is going to produce on the weekend, Yeah, which is unfortunate. So how about we dive first into that Louisville City versus Sporting Kansas City match, a.k.a. Swope Park Rangers. That sounds good to me. Let's talk about the fun one first. Yeah, so before we get in the match itself, I thought it was kind of interesting, the whole lineup and roster selection piece of things. It was written up and displayed as a 352, but if my eyes serve me correct, it probably played more like our normal 433. Would you agree with that?
0: Yeah. So when I saw that go out, I mean, one, you can't trust the USL <laughs> roster shape charts. That's yeah. Uh, accurate. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, when I saw the when I saw the players there, like on their chart, uh, they had Paolo at at wing in the midfields and so just looking at it, that didn't look right. And then yeah, I think we played our normal four four two or four four three three. Um, but with Wes at right back looked like to be the biggest change. Yeah. Everyone else was pretty much in their normal positions. And he's played right back before. I thought he's he's always done well there. So
1: yeah. Yeah, I think I think he usually just pretty solid when he plays and probably the biggest change was the uh, goalkeeper change. So Chris Hubbard got a little bit of rest. I'm just told this was a a planned switch and Parker Siegfried got the starting goal who actually earlier in the season spent a little time in uh, in Kansas City as a reserve uh, goalkeeper for their MLS side when they were experiencing a few issues. So he just about uh, they had a lot of injury trouble kind of like Louisville had a
0: couple of years back. So he was he was the backup keeper in one of the games.
1: I think they had sure. like three goalkeepers that yeah. were out injured. It was like a wild number. Yeah. So he he just about made it into a game for them. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. So anyway, I'm told that was planned. Chris isn't hurt or anything. Uh, it's good to hear Just a little bit of rotation and you gotta, you gotta see what you have on the roster. I don't fault them for doing that. Generally you would do that during the open cup, but we don't get that this year. Yeah. So. And he, he's still a keeper. I, I, uh,
0: I guess I I had not paid a whole lot of attention to him in the preseason, but uh, I saw during the game, looking up a little bit, he played for Detroit City last year, which is a team I enjoy. I think they have like a good, good ethos. And and he was in the
1: championship or it took him to the championship game. So, yeah, speaking of Detroit City, I think they just won their uh, their championship last night, if I'm not mistaken. I feel like that league, how many championships a year does that league have? I don't know. It felt very because quick
0: because it's I feel it's like I see, when I see Detroit playing in a championship game on, on Twitter, I feel like multiple times a year.
1: Maybe they're that good. I don't know. I can't say I follow them. Well, anyway, congratulations to them, regardless. The trophy's a trophy. But, all right. Let's actually talk about the match. So I guess the first moment we'll talk about only took a few minutes to happen, and that was Kyle Gregg's goal, assisted by Corbin Bone. But what really stood out to me on that play was uh, was Brian Ownby. That whole thing was set up by his positioning. Yeah, that was completely set up by his his interception. He got the ball to bone and the rest was was easy work for him. And how many times have we scored in the first like
0: five to ten minutes this season? It's it's becoming like a almost every
1: game thing. (laughs) I'm not mad about it. Yeah, very happy to see that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm okay with that one. So, uh, yeah, I was really impressed with Ownby who, you know, he had a great last match, and this match was was a lot more of the same for him. He's on he's on fire right now. He's on quite a tear. But um, not to take away from, from Boner, Greg, they, they both did a great job to make that happen. Um, and, you know. And it's, God.
0: Greg fills a really important, I don't want to say hole, because, I mean, they, you know, Luke, Luke used to, to do this for him. But they've been in need of just, like, a target in the middle, because, They've always been good at getting crosses in and playing balls into the box, and he is so good at getting on the end of those. And it's—I think he's been a very big
1: addition this season. Yeah, he he brings something a little different than a, the Cam Lancaster, um, which you know, it's good to have that variety and it's good to have that depth because you know, I'm, I hear—I um, think I just heard that Cam was actually out because it was a concussion that he had suffered <sighs> in the uh, in the training that the day before the previous match and had some sort of setbacks. That's why he was still out. So speedy recovery to him. Hopefully. Yeah. All right. So um, unfortunately it did not take long for sporting Kansas city to respond. They, it's uh, also becoming a theme. Yeah. At, what was it like 13 minutes in um, lobbed in a, uh, lobbed in a, a cross long pass, whatever you want to call it into the box and very easily headed it in. I mean, yeah, it, it's, Place, both basically.
0: the the pass and the finish <clears throat> they had nobody <laughs> making it hard for them uh that was he had all sorts of space to make that cross and then pretty much a free header in the box. It's it, hard to fault uh Siegfried for that one because oh yeah I don't you, yeah when you have such an easy cross and finish on that, there's not a whole lot the keeper can do
1: yeah, I mean he was that yeah that was that was not on him at all, I you know. I was a little frustrated with uh with Tosh on that one. I feel like he gave gave that um attacker about a mile of space. Yeah, I was a little like, frustrated with
0: with Gibson on the the pass in too, because I, I feel like he had a lot more sp- he had a lot more space to work with to make that cross than than you would have
1: liked. Yeah, so it was very unfortunate defensive breakdown there. Um, you know, I I just I feel like Tosh has been a little bit maybe off his game this season and not playing up to the caliber he was at last year, hoping it's just a little bump in the road. Cause I think he's an outstanding defender. Yeah. I just, maybe I'm only really paying attention to some of these negative moments.
0: Outside of the two goals, which is a big asterisk. I I think he, he had a solid touch like night defensively, but it's, that's the, that's the hard thing about playing central defenses. It doesn't matter if you play great the whole game. If there's two plays you screw up on. Yeah, uh, yeah. that's all anyone remembers. So it's a, it's a tough it's a tough lot
1: in life for defenders. Yeah, I agree, and I, I try to I try to keep that in mind when I'm talking about defenders. So yeah. either uh, way, I mean, it just I think aerially, good- I mean he
0: he got he did really good uh, for the most part. I, I think he won a lot of aerial duels. You know, he he looked like toast on the stat stat sheet, but but yeah, it's it's I think you know, they, they did for the most part, uh, Kansas did not have a lot of chances, but the, the two goals, it felt like we didn't make it hard enough for them on their. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I agree. Those those moments happened. Thankfully we have a lot of firepower in that team and we get to talk about several more goals. So that's, that's fun. At least, um, the rest of the first half, I don't know if you have anything else to bring up, but I thought it was kind of pretty meh after that, like just not a lot of significant moments happened. It's just, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I guess my, my note from the first, first half um,
0: was it, it seemed like Louisville, for, the, for most of the first half, was having a lot of trouble dealing with the press from Sporting KC because they, they pressed a lot harder than most of the teams Louisville's played this year. And you could tell that it took them a while to really adjust that in the game. I think it was really throwing off their, their passing, especially in the first half. That got a much better in the second half. And that's that's sort of like a live by the press, die by the press thing. Like you catch teams off guard, you can make them look real bad, but once once teams beat the press, you don't got a lot of defenders back. And I think in the second half, Will really took advantage of that. But yeah, that's yeah. I, I think that first half that that's that's what I noticed is that they seem to just not not be adjusting well to the press right off the bat.
1: Yeah, and I and I remember reading the uh, the post match uh, uh, quotes from the team, and I, I think they all recognized the first half was was a disappointment, and so there's a little bit of a talking to in the locker room. And whatever uh, Coach Danny Cruz said appeared to work, because what was it? Uh, maybe ten min- eh, less than ten minutes into the next half, was uh, Brian O'Mby's goal. My God, was that magnificent! Uh, I
0: harkened back to to that goal he scored against New England in the Open Cup. Oh, yeah, I remember just, that one. Yeah, just, I mean, great touch on the quick little Kroyth turn and then let it rip right in the corner. It's perfect.
1: Yeah, that, I mean, yeah, that, that cut, that curving shot, like, especially the, uh, the re- I don't know if you saw the replay they have of it where the camera is more behind him where you could see the, the curl of the ball. Yeah, he put a lot of, well, and you could see he put a lot of distance really quick between him and the defender with that turn. Yeah, so. He's 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 in he's in really good form right now, so I hope he continues this because it's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. I wanted
0: to note last week I may have been really harsh on on that collision with the the goalkeeper there, and i i wanna I wanna make a point to say that, that the reason I'm critical and I want him to play smart is that he's very good and he needs to stay on the field, and so I, I know it, historically he's had trouble with with going hundred percent all the time and, and getting hurt and not staying in. So mm. like, I want to see smart on because, because it's worth it to have him on the field all the time.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah and you know, when he's playing well, it's going to drive the others around him to perform as well. Also, because there's a lot of competition to getting that starting 11. Yeah. So.
0: All well, right. uh, I guess one, one small note for the first half. Uh, Paolo took a bit of a knock. Uh, I'm glad to see we are color coordinating our head bandages now.
1: Got oh, a yeah. nice
0: uh, purple bandage.
1: Yeah, it kind of, you know, kind of reminded me of, like, a Ninja Turtle. If we were a little <laughs> lower, should just cut the eyes out. <laughs> but, I'm, yeah, I'm glad they had the appropriate colors on hand. So, I called does everything to the finest standard. Even color coordinating the medical equipment.
0: Yeah, we got so many goals this game. I'm trying to remember what order everything so came in. It was uh, it was
1: OMB's curling goal, and the next one was Swahe's goal. That was, uh, yeah, there we go. So, that one was... Uh, now I don't know what broadcast that you watched. I watched it on ESPN Plus, which was the home teams broadcast. And I think they were, we're
0: about to have the same complaint.
1: Yeah. They were pretty triggered about a uh, about a pick that happened. That was LA definitely
0: LA. not a pick. <laughs> like it was not even close to a pick.
1: Yeah, like if anything, they kinda like that uh that defender tried to sell it because like he only kind of clipped them on the side. It was it was weird and quite frankly I don't want to talk about it too long and give yeah, I mean, give the I, argument too much credence but like I hate I'll watching point the out that
0: broadcast. Tosh was like 10 yards in front of that play and didn't move. He just stood in the same spot the whole time which is yeah. like the the way the rule is written it it's to prevent people from cutting in like to the lane people are running in at the last second and yeah. throwing in a pick but like if you're standing in a spot you're allowed to continue to stand in that spot.
1: Yeah, I mean that would have been clean in basketball that was cleaning yeah. soccer so don't listen to that announcer but it anyway, also didn't
0: have much of an effect on the play either because he had really, already beaten the man
1: yeah it did not so you know Obi had the ball he was on the uh, you know on the end line there crossed it over to Swahe who wasn't the cleanest hit in the world but he's a defender and it's not really his uh his mo but uh but it went in and that's all that matters in the end of the day and I it love went and goal. Def- it's all matters yeah I love seeing defenders score. So uh, I'm really happy for him. He's able to get his uh, first on the season. Yeah. And uh, let's
0: solid finish. He's, he's a big target in there on, on set pieces. So
1: it's always nice to see him be able to get forward. Um, Yeah. And I think he's, he's had some so, so play this season. I mean, that's why we've seen him kind of rotated in and out of the squad a couple of times. So you're happy for a guy like that who's who's maybe had a little bit of struggles in the season, get something real positive like that. So good for him. Yeah. Now, goal number four is where we get to rant and rave about Jonathan Gomez, always my favorite oh, part Jogo. of the show. <laughs> and I, I, I do want to point out I, I I
0: was harping last week on how much I love the the Nile and and Jogo combination play, and at what point he. He made that run and scored that goal four minutes after Nile checked into the game. I don't think that's a coincidence. Yeah, it's, it's, there's magic over there on the sideline with those two.
1: So, yeah, with that one, he did his patented run down the sideline, then uh, they cut up the end line. I think he needs to put a trademark on that because very, very distinctive move he loves to do. He got in real close, actually, he got like right by the uh, right next to the goal until he finally um, you know, crossed it over to Kyle Gregg, who. Basically got on his knees to head that one in.
0: Yeah. <laughs> was, he owns uh, that inline. that he, he blew right past that first
1: defender too. It, he was, he, oh, he caught him of, sp- real quick. He had acres of space on that yeah. one. That's why he was able to, to make as much of that happen. Like he got so dang close to that goal. So, but uh, it was, um you know, Kyle Gregg got a second one. Jonathan Gomez looked fabulous in the process. Kind of like that first one. I, you know, <laughs> well, give, another, give a lot of the credit to, uh, to Jogo on that one it
0: was an easy finish but again props to great. he like he knows how to be in the right spot for the to be on the end of the passes which is a an important skill yeah he's a
1: veteran player with a with a good head on his shoulders knows where to be exactly so yeah you love it yeah so and then was- I guess uh we let their little kid score that is a little disappointing yeah i was gonna say jones took a little bit of uh took a little bit of the wind out of our sails there by by scoring at the end it was what was it it was a you know a a free kick into the box got grounded Ah. down and then i think it was a set piece yeah yeah um it's it's just it's hard to stop those if you don't get it in the air and like get a good header send it out like if it falls to the ground it's think it's, yeah, it's it was such a tiny
0: little guy that did it, like you should be able to box that box uh, him out.
1: I think he was also seventeen
0: uh good for him but yeah it's it happens uh two four is not a not a score line I'm gonna have any complaints about uh I think looking at the the table, they have the most goals scored in the east right now um so or against four
1: most goals okay. scored four
0: uh and are doing pretty good in goals scored against. I mean, they're not, uh, they're not the lowest, but they're certain, they're a, they're above average, below average. Um,
1: yeah. So yeah, it's you um, score goal, four
0: goals, you can give up two.
1: Yeah, that's that's kind of my thought. Like, it's, <laughs> give them a little bit of a pass on that one because they had so so much productivity on offense, but we can't let that happen every week. Nope. Um, I'm, and I don't think
0: with the amount of shots they're giving up that's not going to happen every week because mm-hmm. for most of the season this year their goals scored against has been pretty close to their expected goals against uh and it's really only been i think they've had this in the tulsa game and the indie game sort of all kind of close to each other where teams outscored their expected goals but I, you're not going to expect that to continue to happen all season i think oh. that's just a yeah
1: stuff happens in three games. Yeah. I was about to bring that up actually. So Louisville City uh outperformed their expected goals four, which is fantastic. You always want to see that. But on the you know on the negative side, they we did let in more than the uh, xg against um allowed. I think it was their um, xg against was only like 0.83, 0.82 something like that. Yeah, so. And the same with with Indy, it was 0.91
0: against Indy. And Tulsa was not as bad as 1.3 and they scored two, which is like, yeah. that's right in the realm you would expect. That's not that crazy. Yeah. Um, but like I said, up until like, as of the Birmingham game, they were ahead on that. Like they had, they had let in fewer goals than expected. So I, I don't think anything flipped there. I think that's just sort of variance. Uh, yeah. But you would expect for the rest of the season, they would give up the expected amount total. Right. Yeah. So, and, as- and the expected amount is good. Like yeah. they're only averaging um, on the season 0.84 expected goals against, which is real good defensively. So
1: yeah. we're, we're doing all the right things like long-term with, with those numbers as far as scoring goals and keeping the go- goals well, out. So, And for the last
0: five games, like actual goals scored for the last five games, they've averaged three goals, four and one point four against, which you take that. That is that is just fine. Absolutely. If you're doubling up your goals for over your goals against, you're in good shape. Mm
1: -hmm. So um, my last thoughts on the on the Sporting Kansas City match was that, you know, as far as the other statistics for the team, I mean, they pretty much dominated everything as as pretty Their usual stat sheet. Yeah, it, it looked pretty usual. One thing I did like a lot was that it was a good shot uh, to shot on target ratio. They didn't like blast off a billion, like off target shots, which I always like to see. Like, let's be efficient with these numbers. So that was good. Yeah. Because sometimes well, they have a bad and, habit of not doing that. And this game is a pretty important example of why –
0: just total shots is not always a super important metric because yep. I technically Kansas City outshot them. It was 11 to 10, but the shots that Louisville got were significantly better than the shots that Kent City got because it and expected it was
1: 1.83 to 0.82. So mm-hmm. absolutely. Yep. That's so why you got to take, take all the numbers into consideration, not just cherry pick. The Four location of the shot is very important. Yep. For sure. So, all right. I guess we uh, got to talk about the racing match now, don't well, we?
0: Well, do you want to do a little preview for next week, next week's match for Louisville first, while we're while we're oh, covering Oh, that's those? a good idea. You we gotta, talked about
1: doing that, and got I got the Tulsa
0: rematch. Tulsa rematch. Uh, it's at Tulsa again, correct? Yep, yeah. we're on the road again. Yeah, so I I would expect to see uh, another fast paced game. You're probably going to see a lot of shots in that one. Uh, I'd like to see the defense play a little better than they did last time. Um, Again, with the – it's not necessarily the total amount that they gave up, but they really let – they let some players make some big individual plays, so I'd like to see the one-on-one defense a little little better in this next game.
1: I've – after that, you know, going – actually leading into the last match we had against them, I declared Tulsa the the team of the neutrals because I feel like they score a lot and they also let a lot in, so there's just a lot happening in that match, so – If this next match is kind of similar to the first one is where there's just a lot happening and it's it's pretty exciting. I won't be shocked at all, but I, I, you know, I I think we're going to be able to to beat them again, unless we have just a particularly poor night in the office. Yeah. I think if the defense plays well, they'll win that game. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm feeling pretty, uh, pretty comfortable, especially, you know, we should be theoretically getting a cam back, you know, provided he doesn't have any further setbacks. So that will only add and to with head injuries awesome. like they
0: they can take their time on that. I think we're pretty deep up top. Greg's playing well. So, you know, Cam should take all the time he
1: needs. Oh, no. Yeah, for sure. But I, I think if he is healthy, they'll they'll want to go with him. You want you want to keep him in shape or in form. And maybe he doesn't start. Maybe he comes off the bench and just kind of gets some minutes to get reacclimated. So, yeah, who knows? We'll see.
0: All right, so I guess
1: now we can move on to the one we've been avoiding. Yeah. Um, yeah. Before we do that, though, I want to talk about the Lavender Legion's March of the Match. They oh, had their, yes. They had their very the first one from 1020 Brewery to Lynn Family Stadium. And I, I always love the March of the Matches, especially when they're pretty you know, iconic or noteworthy ones like this one. Like It's the very first one for the club. Yep. and we yeah. had fantastic weather for it you know we had pretty decent turnout everybody had a lot of a lot of fun with it like it, it was a good time and i'm currently you know in the works of putting um putting together a video on it i ran around with my gopro and filmed some stuff probably by the time this episode released it will be out um but i i do want to take a moment to shout out to the lavender leader uh lavender legions leadership blah see that 10 times oh, fast. Twister. Uh, yeah i know right um, for for all the hard work that they've been doing for the team, um, it's never easy starting up a, a supporters group for for a brand new team, and I think they've been doing a fantastic job and getting stuff together like the tifos and putting together these marches. Like, I, I mean, that takes effort and time and coordination of people. So, I, and I, and I, and I, it can be frustrating at times. So. <sighs> I appreciate I speak, everything that they're doing.
0: I can speak specifically The TIFOs take forever. So yeah. any, any TIFO is, is a lot of work and passion put into it.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to get on the soapbox right now, but my, my ask to you, the listener is, is that if you are inv- uh, super invested in these clubs, I'd encourage you to participate in some of these uh, events, helping to coordinate, get things together. Uh, always looking for helping hands, whether it's TIFOs, March the Matches, different things like that, you know, yeah in- involvement well, is needed to make these things happen i'm going to throw down the gaunt a little bit
0: the uh we need more people at the, the racing games than we've been having I, I think uh they are they are a big deal that is the best league in the world in in women's soccer um you've got i mean like world-class players like legitimate famous sports figures in town each week uh, I'd like to see the the racing attendance uh match and and probably uh go past the Louisville City attendance if you're going to Louisville City games and racing but not racing games I would strongly suggest you go to both
1: yeah I, I completely agree I thought that the attendances might be more equal between the two so it's a little more lopsided than I, than I would have thought
0: I, I mean that it's it's tough to
1: get something like that
0: off the ground coming off of the pandemic it's not an easy yeah. lift but I think definitely like if you are a Louisville City fan you need to be going to racing games yeah because you know it is it is high quality soccer you're going to be
1: seeing more famous players than you see at Louisville City games even so yeah I I it's a I think it's a project. It'll just take time. Little City took time. I think they will also. I just hope. I hope their build is is their build and their increase is just kind of faster. Simply due because all the existing infrastructure. But and I think
0: I think they should get a, the NWSL has typically gotten like a World Cup and an Olympics bump. So I would expect this fall I that I you're going to see that attendance shoot up a bunch. I didn't uh, even
1: think about that. Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh,
0: typically, when all the uh, national team players come back after the Olympics. You, the the league generally has an attendance bump, so yeah. I'm looking forward to that.
1: I'll well, be good. See some new faces there. Yeah. So, all right, let's get to the match. Um, well, I guess before we actually talk to match, let's talk about the lineup, personnel, things like that. the The thing that stood out to me was our our back line. I i i, I didn't i didn't know why we didn't have uh, Gemma Bonner starting or Brooke or Hendricks. Brooke Brooke really confuses me because I mean she's out there warming up I don't think she's injured she didn't, yeah, she was, she was on lessons. the 18 so yeah so I, yeah I don't get that I thought she was going to be you know I thought it was gonna be the two that didn't start were going to be the natural selections to be the the go-to's but I, I don't know if it's rotation or whatnot so I don't know Brooke's situation
0: I was I was very confused by the back line I think yeah. I tweeted out something to that
1: effect <laughs> yeah and then uh for for Miss Bonner um what I've been told is, I think she's still kind of getting acclimated to to the heat, yeah, it, but it really wasn't that hot yesterday. We, so it, I, it was I a
0: full, I mean, it's not like we played a weeknight game. I mean, yeah. it was a full, full rest. So yeah. That,
1: so I, I don't know. I, again, I, I mean, sometimes just fitness and stuff that just takes time for that stuff to happen. So, you know, let's just, yeah, I'm going yeah, to. We, we have still
0: not seen the backline pairing that I think is the best pairing. Yeah, this season we've still not seen Bonner and Hendricks play at the same time.
1: Yeah, I that's. Think. I mean, that's okay. that's who I would think that would that would if everybody's healthy. And you know, that's who I would put back there. But oh. there's probably also a reason why I'm not a coach for a professional team.
0: Yeah. Hey, <laughs> anyway, everybody can have opinions on
1: the internet. Yeah, <laughs> it's what we do here. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, I guess the first real notable thing to talk about in this one was the uh, the penalty kick call leading up to good i guess do we want to talk about just the
0: rosters i guess for portland as well i mean that they got portland is great they got probably the best roster the best lineup you could hope to face against portland i mean they they had five yeah five they've got five players gone for olympic duties uh so uh now a couple of those, so, um, I mean, Bixby still is the backup keeper. Is probably also one of the best keepers in the league still. So you're not losing a lot there. Um, mm-hmm. they still had Klingenberg, uh, at left back. So and, and Rodriguez is still there. So it, it's not an easy lineup. I mean, that's how the the league is so stacked that you a good team can lose five players and still. <laughs> still put out a good uh lineup but that's that's probably the best you could have host for against them and i think portland still was in complete control of that match from start to finish
1: yeah i mean there you know, we'll we'll get to it but there really just was not a lot of positive takeaways there and i don't maybe i was being a little overconfident coming off of a 3-0 win against chicago but it was just a little bit it felt like a little bit of a gut punch yeah like how it played out like the score line could have been worse but it wasn't the you know, worst score line in the world but yeah i guess the the scoring started
0: with the penalty which was a in my opinion a completely fair penalty there's no way you couldn't call that that oh you know i, I you agree. slide into a, an attacking player's legs and <laughs> the ball is nowhere near where you were that's you're gonna. That's gonna get called every time.
1: I I completely agree with that. I mean, that was that was clearly a foul. Not much argument there. Um, I think some people did have grievances with uh, with the moment that led up to that. Um, believing that there was a, a foul against one of the racing players. I, I believe it was Savannah McCaskill.
0: Okay, was um, that what the argument was about? Because I yeah. was, I was kind of surprised to see her get a yellow card arguing that
1: because the that's, foul was so
0: obvious but that's
1: why, yeah that's why yeah. she got up in that ref's face is okay. because of that so you know whether there's a, a case or not there what i hate and this is going to i guess a little bit into my referee rant is that like it's just you know they're go- they're going to miss calls you're going to get some called for you're going to get some called against you but you just gotta you gotta control what you can control if they're going to call a bad call there and they get a pk against we got to make sure we score Let's, yeah. let's pretend for a minute that that penalty kick wasn't called because of the foul leading up to that. Portland still won, won nothing. Yeah, it's
0: one thing. If, if Louisville had had 57% possession and 17 shots and, and led in passing success and then lost on a penalty, that's like a different case. But when yeah. the, the team that dominated the rest of the game gets one, it's hard to, yeah. It's, yeah. When you're in the box a lot, you're going to get more penalties.
1: So yeah, maybe maybe there's a foul leading up to it. Either way, that wasn't called. The penalty kick was called, which was correct. Um, You know, it was a tough ask to ask for Michelle Bedos to. I mean, well taken. Uh, Props to
0: Rodriguez. That's my my ethos on penalty kicks is don't get fancy with it. Hit it low and towards the side, (laughs) and that's exactly what she did. So
1: yep. So so that was goal number one on the night. Um, You know how it played out it kind of stinks a little bit but after that i wasn't feeling still all that bad i'm like okay we're still in this like that's really yeah on yeah they only they only were able to score from a penalty kick like they didn't throw it from open play like it doesn't hurt as bad to me at least yeah um, but
0: even outside that penalty in that first half though that charlie still had a lot of good chances mm-hmm. that
1: yeah but we got a brick wall and goal for the most part. It's yeah. <laughs> so been fantastic. So, you know, again, like, like I, I think I said earlier, the scoreline could have been a lot more lopsided than it ended up being. Yeah. But um, we did have one kind of positive moment from that first half where uh, Yuki had a really good look on goal. I believe it was um, Ebony had, had the ball in the box, got it over to Yuki, who, who hit it right to the keeper. Unfortunately, if she was able to angle that a little bit one way or another, could have found the back of the net
0: yeah and I guess another positive for the first half I uh I thought Malay had had another solid game I mean she was on Klingenberg's side of the field which is a tough a tough matchup and I thought she had a lot of good moments uh had some good runs and some good crosses into the box so that's a little bit I I have been impressed in the last few weeks with Malay's play um on the wing up up top,
1: yeah, she did well. Um, Emily Fox always does well. Again, I think she's That's racing globals. Yeah, she's uh, she's racing globals. Jogo, so no shocker there. She she makes stuff happen. It's it's noticeable when she's not on the pitch. Yes, so we're very blessed to have her. But uh, aside from that, the first half, I you know didn't didn't have a lot else to speak to. Again, it was just a lot of what we've seen in previous matches where racing is playing off their back foot we're playing in our half the field as soon as we get the ball that's where everybody is and we're not able to really work the ball out for the most part yeah and it's just it's it's tough and again i think it kind of goes to the whole thing is like do we need some more dedicated midfielders on the squad
0: yeah specifically like defensive minded midfielders because i i think one of the problems with the squads is that I feel like we're really lopsided on the attack. We've got, we got a back line and then we've got basically five offensive minded players up top, but it's just sort of Freya to connect them. There's it's, um, yeah, I, I, we've got five players that could play on the front <laughs> front line. even, even though some of them are technically in the midfield.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in the second half, Portland got their their second uh, goal off a lofty header. I mean, I think we just got out athleted on that one. So yeah, if it, you if you slowly watched that, like I think it was Neely who was who was marking the girl who ended up scoring. Like that girl was just faster, stronger, whatever. She I, was able to break space real quick, get up there, and get the header. And she, I mean, she made it look easy. It's just Simone Charlie gave gosh. them trouble all
0: night. She was she was due. I think that one was a long time coming because she was.
1: Um, just constantly giving them trouble in the box. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that was that was the second one again. It's it sucked a um, little bit later in the match. I think it was like the 75th minute, if I'm not mistaken. Savannah McCaskill nearly found a goal. Uh, she hit it, and I, I want to say it hit like the top corner of the crossbar, like so dangerously close. And it was a little bit of a, a little heartbreaking to see that one go off because you want to see at least you know one goal in the match. I think by that point, like. I think some of us were kind of swallowing the tough pill that we were witnessing a loss probably. Uh, yeah. That would have
0: been a world-class goal had it gone in, which yeah. uh, the thing about world-class goals is that they usually don't go in. This is why they're so special.
1: <laughs> yeah. So uh, this is, just, it's just tough to watch to get that close. You know, it's just, it's a little different if you get one goal in the night and, and, and lose versus getting shut out completely. But
0: yeah. Well, and I mean it, it was another just it was another night where it, the expected goals were were super against their fair. I mean, it was 0.63 for them and 2.04 for Portland. And if anything, that's probably on the low end for Portland. I mean it's understandable with all the players they're missing, but even yeah. still it
1: was a very dominant that game was
0: not in question.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, pretty much all the stats went in the fair. I mean, it's much of the same. Um, before I, before I get into my, something is off little spiel, um, I, I do want to call it that Olivia Moultrieve on, uh, the Thorns, 15 year old made her first appearance for the club. And I thought that was a, that's a pretty cool moment. You know, I don't know why the NWSL is, has their panties so in a bundle about, uh, young players signing professional contracts, but I'm glad that she won her, her court case was able to sign and, uh, and make am, her debut.
0: I am all about player freedom, freedom, so yeah very happy to see her win that case uh yeah. i guess i will mention uh so so la- we start this podcast last week and and i decide like oh i'm i'm doing a podcast i need to i need to be out there more on twitter i need to be like doing need to be visible pundit things let my opinions out there and i i batted a zero this week every single thing i i i, I stuck <laughs> out there it was wrong so uh, I don't know how like actual sports pundits do it because I'm, I'm a weekend and like, Oh, I'm just gonna, I, I, I can't, I can't stand being wrong, wrong about all this stuff. I got to top this back.
1: Well, Zach, here's the thing with real sports pundits is that they don't even acknowledge when they're wrong. They just plow ahead forward. You know how often yeah. Stephen A. Smith says, says dumb things that like aren't accurate at all. I heard him once going on a rant talking about like a player who's going to be a factor in an upcoming match. Wasn't even with that team anymore.
0: You got to have a very short memory to, <laughs> to be a, to be a pundit. I think I'm too introspective, yeah, but it's, uh, yeah. It's so,
1: more about the personality than, than the actual insight at times. Uh, but uh,
0: I, I guess props to the career journal <laughs> for, <laughs> who we started, we trying to start a feud with this week for, for correctly assessing that this was maybe going to be her first game. Uh <laughs>
1: Now, I think more of our deal wasn't so much as more of why are you covering the other team versus your actual pro team in town. But you know what? I don't even want to give that publication an airtime on here. I'm going to just if you want to follow, if you want to hear about that story, you just follow along on Twitter and just well, and join in on the cyberbullying. So
0: I guess to to flip a negative to a positive, rather than complaining about their coverage, um, I think the. Our, our local news stations, the uh, WKY and WDRB, have actually been doing some really great coverage. Um, that um, so, I guess shout out this week. Uh, there were there were a lot of good pieces uh, on both teams that racing and local City from both of those this
1: week. Yeah, so I mean there was a news. Follow camera them brought- on Twitter if
0: you want to see local news coverage for yeah. the
1: teams. Well, um, I mean, what, um, one of the stations who's uh, who's eluding me right now was at, the, at filming at the March of the Match. Uh, you know, we've had some great coverage. Uh, WDRB's been been crushing it. WLKY, who I wrongly accused of stealing some of our Jogo content. <laughs> uh, they, I mean, they've been doing a good job. Um, Eric Crawford is the writer, specifically. He he has had a
0: lot of good pieces in the last couple oh, yeah. weeks on the teams. Yeah, he's been knocking it out. He is a great follow if you're looking
1: to follow the yeah. soccer. So, um my my last thought on the match, and I don't, I can't quite my, put my finger on it, but just something felt off about that one. It it wasn't our worst performance in the world, as far as like this the, the scoreline like could have been much worse, but it just it, was it effort was it energy I, I I I don't quite know. It just I think it's didn't just, feel right there. It's very. It's very demoralizing
0: and it really puts into perspective like how deep you need to be to be a top team in this league. To to play a team with five of their best players out mm-hmm. and, and still have the game look like that is just that's an indication that like this is not like a one or two pieces fix. Like this is a the, the team there's a long, there's a lot of depth that needs to be, be added. A lot of players that I I guess need to improve I mean Louisville's a young team so it's not crazy to expect to see some improvement from from a lot of players but it's just if you if you came out of the Chicago game thinking like oh they're they're like an average to above average team in this league I think this is this this was a good reminder of how deep the good teams are in this league
1: yeah I mean we just need time you need more Game time for the for these players to continue to gel, get these little the little nuances to come together. It's just, I don't know. I'm I'm going to chalk it up for now. It's just is one well, bad night.
0: Coming into this season, I'm trying to remember from the first game. So outside of Yuki and Savannah and and Betos, as a whole, the rest of the team combined had only played in like 30 and S in WSL games total i mean there's just it is a very young team and there's not not a lot of experience we've brought in some more experience which is good but it's yeah you know it's gonna take some time for those players to grow into who they're going to be and you know i will we'll see but yeah it's it we are we are ways off uh (laughs) from competing with Yeah, this is North Carolina and in Portland. I think
1: this project will will take more than one season. But so we just got to, you know, we got to take it one game at a time and take the positive that we can. Again, the whole something feeling off thing, I'm just chalking up as a as a one off thing, because generally, for the most part, even in when they've lost, sometimes, you know, you can see the fight, the fire there. I just I don't know. I think maybe I just got my own head, like getting all high and mighty about beating Chicago. Yeah. Well, well I did crush I week. did
0: give the asterisk last week that there was a monsoon and they played us failure down. So not to read too much into that one.
1: Hey, we had to play in that monsoon too. It's not like it was only affecting one team.
0: I wish but we could have had a monsoon
1: this week, I guess. No, 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 no. I love the weather. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I will I will just I will point out uh it's crazy uh when it's 70 degrees rather than a hundred degrees. Uh you see a lot less complaints about how bright the sun is. That's, that's crazy. I, I, I the shade was not a problem this week. It turns out when, yeah. when the weather was not normal.
1: Yeah. Now uh, yeah, I'm not going to get in that ramp, but <laughs> all right.
0: I got to bait you. That's, that's my job here. <laughs> I'm, not, uh, I'm not, I'm not
1: biting on that one. Let's talk about, uh, <laughs> let's talk about racing uh, next match. Who do next we got up? up on the docket for them?
0: So we got uh, Orlando. I think it's a Friday game is it in Orlando?
1: Yeah, it is in Uh, Orlando.
0: So, and that's one. So Orlando is, is doing really well in the standings this year. I am not sold on, on Orlando actually having as proved, improved as much as the results have been for them. I, I feel like Orlando is a average team that, that has had some good results. So I, I, i i think you know you look at the standings and this looks like a really big challenging game but i think this is actually a more gettable game than you would expect based
1: on the the standings yeah i agree i mean that the team we're gonna play is probably gonna look more like the one that we saw in the challenge cup when they were missing some of their key pieces because those key pieces will be missing again like alex morgan so So, yeah i I, I mean we drew we drew them there it was 2-2 and it's still it's an away a very game, first match. So,
0: but yeah, it, it, this
1: is... It was our first match, yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't think this is super, uh, yeah, ungettable for them. They they could do well in this game. So.
1: Yeah. So let's keep our fingers crossed. Let's be optimistic. Time for a rebound. Yeah. So, uh, so. I got
0: some fun facts if, uh, if we got a little more time.
1: I think we got another minute or two. Okay. Why don't you fire uh, them off for so, me? Educate me
0: uh this one is uh uh keeper on expansion team is not is not a fun job uh on this one so michelle betos has faced 63 shots this season so far it's a few do, do you want to get and that is first in the league do you want to guess how many shots the second <laughs>
1: keeper has 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 faced I think it's probably about half, so we'll say 30-ish. 33, yep. 33, I was listen spot on. Nair,
0: Alyssa Nair is faced 33. She is second in shots space So <laughs> uh, the. I think everyone owes Michelle Pantos a lot of props for putting in hard work this
1: season. That's what you would call in the math community stati- statistically significant.
0: Yeah, a little bit. Uh, on the plus for her, so I, I guess some of the more advanced stats. So. From those 63 shots, you would have expected teams to score about 16 goals, Um, and teams have actually scored 12 goals. So she is, I don't want to say single-handedly, but she is at least somewhat responsible for (laughs) preventing four goals that an average keeper probably would have let in. So That's that's a
1: plus for her. I don't know if there's a similar statistic, but in baseball, one of the sabermetric statistics is war, uh, wins above replacement. And I feel like if there was some sort of war equivalent in soccer, hers has got to be pretty positive. Yeah.
0: The thing with keepers though, is that it's good to have that number be high, but it's also bad to have that number be high. Cause that generally means that you, you've let it a bunch of shots in. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the one I like to look at is it's goals per expected goal, which I think is like a good metric for a keeper that sort of <laughs> takes volume out of it. Mm-hmm. And she's at 0.76. So she's, that's that's very good she's you you know 0. 0.8 is really good for for a keeper in that metric so she's she is she is playing well and probably getting more asked of her than than I, I I would like
1: yeah and this whole conversation doesn't even take to uh, uh um, into effect all she brings all outside of her actual playing yeah. ability her her leadership and 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 whatnot there
0: she was a great pickup in the expansion draft fabulous a, a smart move
1: absolutely fabulous big time win there. So. All right. Well, we've talked a lot of soccer today. Some good, not so, um so good, but I think we uh we have a lot to be optimistic about with both teams. Louisville City is uh still uh still cruising along, doing yep, awesome. they're doing early. their usual thing. And uh I think there are things we can still be optimistic about with with Racing. Again, it's a project that takes time. And as far as some of the negative feelings I had towards this match, I I don't I don't know that we're going to see it that much again. So, like you said, it's a I, I think it's a doable match against Orlando. We'll just have to see what happens. With and it, they've right?
0: got the favorable portion of the schedule coming up because a lot of teams are going to be missing a lot of important pieces for the Olympics. So, it, yeah, if, if there was a time to like get things in order, it's this next couple of weeks.
1: Yep. So, all right. Well, Zach, you have any any final thoughts? That's that's all I got. You got anything? Got your system. No, I don't, but uh, but thank you you all for tuning in and listening today. Um, again, make sure you check out the stateoflouisville.com, yeah, vamosmarados.com. Again, can,
0: I am I am Zach. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach W. Allen if you want to hear me be wrong about things all week
1: again. <laughs> I was about to say that. If you want to hear bad takes that don't actually <laughs> plan out, it's okay, though. Just delete them. Pretend like they don't happen. Nobody will take screenshots. Um, Come on, short-term memory. <laughs> Uh, I'm Benton at Purple SDF. Follow me. I think I'm fun to follow. I'm a little biased though. <laughs> um, yeah. put out a lot of content. If you want some content, you follow Benton. I got. Uh, I do gifts of all the goals. Couldn't do anything for racing, but there are a bunch out there for. Uh, for oh, the we setting. didn't
0: cover celebrations. There was. There weren't any really good ones. Uh, I did didn't see, relay our message. I see Greg. It's. Uh, it's I don't want to. I don't want to hate on Greg's because he if you haven't seen the video he gave an explanation of his gesture that he did that was very very sweet and personal yeah that was so props to greg on that that's a good one but everybody else gotta step up i i would have i would have expected alexi to have something ready yeah yeah if you're gonna go with hair that loud you gotta have a good celebration ready
1: yeah Uh, oh well we'll have a word with some players yeah we got to right. fix that. But, well, all right. Well, thank you, everybody, week. for tuning in. And uh, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast because it's now on Apple Podcasts, Google, whatnot. Wherever what you listen there. to podcasts, it's on there now. Yes. Excellent. So, all right. Take care, everybody. Take care, everybody.